Grant heaps good history, a little touch of mystery, with lots of hilarity, it's Adelol. Welcome to Adelol, the heaps good history podcast, where in every episode we explore stories from South Australia's unique and, and often, often hilarious history. history. My name's Dan, I'm a born and bred South Australian, and each episode I tell a story to my mate Tom. That's me. Who grew up in the UK. China Shoe, Governor. Chatham, which yeah, I've just learnt. Chatham. Chatham. Is that how you say it? Chatham, yeah. Right. It's the home of the Chav. Oh, is it now? Yeah. That explains the the, all of your uh, behaviour. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. All the Reebok classics that I wear <laughs> and all the sovereign rings and all the, you know, smoking of cheap cigarettes. That's that's pretty much my, my jam. That's it. Um, you know, punching of police officers, that kind of thing. Uh, something I get into, something I enjoy because of my heritage. <laughs> that's it. And I can't knock it till I've tried it. And that's absolutely <laughs> sure. We are 2018. We can only use this line for a few more weeks, I think. No, no, no. We can always use this line. Okay. It just becomes the past tense once we get out of 2018. We are the emerging South Australian Emerging Historians of the Year. For 2018. Because of which, we have been invited to do this very special episode. Yes. Because I don't know if you've noticed, Tom, but we are actually sitting on a ship. We are. We are sitting on a magnificent sailing vessel. Huge. There is nothing more historic than this. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's really brilliant. Cool. And it's and such that an ship honor to have is... been asked to, 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 be, to come here yeah. and actually check out this, this this beautiful vessel. And if I'm not mistaken, this ship is called the Popeye. Is that correct? Are we on the, <laughs> we, we on the, we on the Torrens? No, unfortunately we're not on the Torrens. We are... Um, we're on the Clipper, Clipper ship. The Clipper ship. City of Adelaide. City of Adelaide. The yeah. oldest surviving Clipper ship in the world. We yep. are out here at Port Adelaide sitting on Can the ship appear. with a very select few. We have four people here. We got Emma. We got Peter. We got a few others just hanging yep. out. Yep. We're here. Small audience. They say small audiences are harder. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, because... Larger well, audiences, uh, you generally get uh, some people that will just laugh because they don't know what's going on. Yep, there's usually at least like, one or two alcoholics they, yeah, if you get a right, large enough crowd. Right. Today they we've probably only everybody got one. else. Uh, <laughs> speaking of alcoholics, uh, let's go. Let's open up this uh, beer of the episode. That's it. Peter now, from the the city of Adelaide Clipper ship has managed to wrangle us some. Yes, yes. Smuggle uh, us on board. So yeah, apparently they had their uh, the Christmas party uh, last week for all the volunteers, all the ma- the wonderful volunteers that work. In uh, restoring the ship, and, and they happened to have a couple of light beers left over, something that obviously uh, nobody wanted to drink on the night. But now <laughs> we'll we'll have them, um, because they are South Australian. They're they're Cooper's Light, Cooper's Light, um, and in a can, crack it. Let's absolutely do it. So I'm not going to read the tasting notes. We can't uh, thank uh, Peter. If you haven't had Cooper's Light, you probably haven't. You haven't lived in South Australia for long enough. We can't thank Peter and Emma enough for, for organising this for us. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure to be here on Liam. the Clipper ship, the city of Adelaide. We're just going to have a brief look at the history of okay. this magnificent right. ship. And like we said, we've just had a bit of a brief tour. Yeah, we had a little bit of a tour around. What was the highlight for you? Uh, the highlight was probably the Anne Bickford's um, yes. cordials. The Bickford's display. Anne Bickford has a link to this city of Adelaide Clipper ship. Yep, she does. Uh, and there was a can in there. So it was, so, there was an Anne in a can. In a, in a historical can. Yep. <laughs> so it's yep. absolutely brilliant. Shout so that, out was to paint my, that was my highlight. But no, the highlight, in, in all honesty, was seeing the, the great work the volunteers do here because yes. you have no idea how much work is going into this thing. Oh my gosh. Until yeah, you step the on incredible it. amount of work that's going into restoring the ship. And I'm, I think we're gonna, you're going to get into the details of it, but it's, it's had a pretty amazing journey to yeah, get to the point where it's huge journey a, a lot of um a lot of argy bargy with our friends in the uk so okay. it seems china but, um, shoe governor look for, for anyone who, anyone who isn't 
familiar with ships, and I've just found out coming on here and having a tour with Tom, he's yep. basically a ship expert. Which I no, I never not really... true, not true. I just grew up in a shipbuilding town, the uh, the town of Chatham. Yep, that's in the it. UK, which Dan didn't. I mean, you knew I was from the UK, but we didn't know which town I grew up in. That's right. But it's yeah, it's a it's a naval historical naval dockyard. It's got one of the best. Um, uh, dockyard museums in the world. It's got a like a really famous rope museum. Oh, jeez, <laughs> jeez, you can't see it all in one day. Yeah, that's right. And the Chatham Dockyards itself has got like yeah some really interesting uh, historical stuff. So some pretty famous ships were built there cool. and and set down there. And uh, yeah, obviously got like a history going right back to before the uh, uh, the Napoleonic Wars. So yeah, don't know what that is. But that's all right. But anyway, big war. Let's get to what years ago. Let's go. What's going on at the city of Adelaide clipper ship? All right. Now, a clipper ship for anyone who doesn't know, and I didn't know, is a ship made of iron and wood. Is that paper correct? Clips. It's made of paper clips. That's why. Is that I'd... correct, Peter? Okay. So, so, so we got a, a clip is a very fast ship, okay. and this ship was apparently really fast. And and Peter, for the, I don't know if the mic picked him up, but Peter said it's a composite ship, which means it's iron and wood. So mm-hmm. rather than having a sailing ship that's just all made of wood, yep, you have a ship that's the the like frame the the skeleton of the ship is iron, and then you put the wooden beams that's onto it. that iron right. and wood. It sounds yep. like my golf bag. <laughs> all we need is a putter. That's great. That's great. <laughs> we got one laugh. Here we go. Let's go. We're, we're kicking this off. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, a clipper ship built in Sunderland, England. Can I have a Sunderland accent, please, Tom? Oh. Where is Sunderland? It, Sunderland's very close to uh, Newcastle. Oh. Um, and uh, they love their one of the hardest. They, it, yeah, they've got they, they've got a very uh, successful, uh, well, reasonably successful uh, football team in mm-hmm. Sunderland, uh, the Max, and. Um, they wear the old red and white, but it's a Sunderland accent's really hard to do. So it's basically a Newcastle accent, which is already difficult to do, and then it's like slightly modified. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a crack, but I'm basically just gonna do a rip off of, of the show Biker Grove, no which idea. is a British uh, TV show, kids TV show set in a um, it's set in a youth club. Okay, uh, and it launched the career of Anton Deck. Do you know who Anton nope. Deck are? Okay, so. <laughs> Why are you, man? I'm from Newcastle. I'm from uh, um, okay. I'm not, I'm not from Newcastle. I'm from Sunderland. Sunderland. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm Duncan. I'm blind, man. So that's a reference to the show, uh, an episode of the show, a very famous episode in which one of the characters got shot in the face with a paintball gun and went blind. There we go. <laughs> yeah, one of the most traumatic moments on British television, actually. So uh, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll post a link to that on for that YouTube clip for that video. But I'm not going to do any more Sunderland accent after that. I'm just going to go default to my standard accent. British, standard yeah, British, standard Northern. And okay. um, famous people from Sunderland, the the band Deep Purple. Oh, smoke on the water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm that's because sure. of the ship on yeah, the water. Yeah, not the whole band, just the keyboardist, I think. That's what I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure they're from Sunderland. And um, my uncle Peter is from Sunderland. So shout out to my uncle. So there Uncle you. Pete from yeah. Sunderland. Un- uncle Pete. Smoke on the water. There we go. So the city of Adelaide ship was built by William Pyle. Oh, sorry to hear that, William. What? You say he's got piles. <laughs> well, actually, uh, you won't believe the way he dies. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, right, we'll get there. William Pyle was built for transporting passengers right. and goods between Britain and Australia. Okay. Between 1864 and 1887, the ship made 23 annual return voyages Ooh. from London and Plymouth to Adelaide, South Australia. Right. Excellent. Now, let's get to William Pyle. He was the he, He's kind of the bulk of this right. story. Pilot on me. Uh, he was born in 1823. Yep. In in Sunderland, can I get a Sunderland accent, please, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, okay. Uh, just give us a William Pyle. Why, I man, I'm William Pyle. 
His house was surrounded by a shipyard for which oh. his grandfather worked. Oh, hang on, hang on. His house was surrounded by a shipyard. That's correct. So he was literally born. He in was a literally shipyard. born. In, so his mum was just like popping out rivets and popping out kids. That's <laughs> like the two, the two responsibilities at the time for her. Okay, got it. Just. Literally born into a shipyard. Okay, excellent. Surprisingly, at a very early age, Paul took an interest in everything about ships. Well, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, at, at this at this moment in time, he's that's all he knows, right? He's quite literally just surrounded by ships. Yeah, and uh, it's not like he's going to go and do any anything else. That's right. Um, very shortly after he was born, the family moved him out of the shipyard because of his obsession with ships and always getting onto ships and right. things like that. It was getting a bit, okay. bit much for li- okay. little Willie. Yep. Right. And um, but um, don't need to. Make comments about his physical appearance. <laughs> uh, and then, um, you know, even after they moved, he began constructing little ships out of paper and any in a, wood in he a could find. With some tweezers? Not quite. Not quite. How do, I've always wondered how they do the little ships in the bottle, but apparently they, they slide them in and then just... Seal the bottle. Yeah, no. What? As in, I always assumed that... You know, there was some trick to it, like, you know, they'd put the bottom of the bottle on and then made it look like a perfect That's thing. what I thought it was. But, it, it, but it's actually, they slide the ship in and then they pull the mast up with a little pair of tweezers. Ah, I didn't yep. know that. Yep. There There's a go. trick to it. There's an art to it. There we go. Um, so he began building his own little boats. Like Basically, he was obsessed with ships and Kay. shipping and things yep. like that. Got it. Um, Got it. So one of those kids that's just has a particular focus and yep. that's it. That's their obsession. That's it. If he so, was if he was born today, they would have been taking him to the, you know, the, yeah, the, the GP would, and yeah, asking a couple that's, of that's questions. They've been doing a bit of an assessment <laughs> that's on, it. Uh, on how obsessed he is. With boats. With boats. Yep. He disliked school very much. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> he received very little education aside from learning about ships. Okay. Right. He was put to work very young, and but because his mum and dad did not want him uh, building ships, they made him go... Why didn't they want him building ships? I've got absolutely no idea. Like, well, no you... future in ships, lad. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on ships my whole life. Don't bother. <laughs> All I get is little things like you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the money's in tractors. That's where you want to look at. That's the future. That's the future. Look... Go to school, learn how to connect the NBN, because I think that's, that's where uh, this that's is where going. Gonna be. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, obviously, resurgence of the industry in this area is because, like, you know, driven in part by people uh, telling kids to study uh, shipbuilding courses so they can actually get a job it with the naval, now. Uh, yeah. the naval shipyards and stuff here. So building the submarines. William Powell was ahead of his time. That's right. So he was, you know. He was on the money. So that's right. So his parents are like, yeah, you're not going to go work in a shipyard. You can go work in a ropery. So there we go. Okay. That's <laughs> the, yep. He'd be loving that rope museum yep. as well. Yep. Yeah. He, he actually, like, uh, he thought they said ropery. He was like, oh, that's ship related. They actually said popery. So they, they, wanted, <laughs> they wanted him to join the church. Uh, and flowers. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right. Just, uh, just you know, dry, the, uh, dry the flowers out and you put them in a little bowl and they smell really nice and you can, you know, put them around. Mm. And that's your Chris Kringle and gift. That, and that's your career. <laughs> that is all a Chris Kringle gift is. A that is that's it. Kind of um, however, his time in the ropery didn't last long uh, right. because he ran away after a oh, few weeks. Seriously, the guy that ran that place, he would have been ropeable. <laughs> um, but anyway, in the end, his family are like, okay, if you want to build ships, go ahead. Oh. Make sure you build one of the greatest ships the world you're, has ever seen. Yeah, you're so evidently obsessed that we're just going to let you go ha- ahead and build some ships. His family moved to Stockton on Tees. Do you know where that is? Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, and at the age of 18. Uh, on, on the, so the river, I think it's River Tees is the river that uh, Newcastle's on. So the t- Teesside or Tyneside, or maybe it's the River Tyne. 
So maybe it's near there, but I'm just guessing. Okay. It's possibly somewhere totally different. So when uh, an English city is called something on something. Yeah, it it's means because it's on it's the, on the yeah. Oh, okay, there yeah. we go. Yeah. See that a lot. Yeah. Um, however, at the age of 18, he had an accident causing his right hand to become nearly cut in two. Nearly cut in two? Nearly cut in two. Like it was basically sliced down the middle. Right. Like uh, it would have been all mangled and things like that. Right. That's, not that's pretty full on. Yeah. Um, Any details on how the accident happened? <laughs> no, that's all I could find. An accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, turns out potpourri is quite uh, quite a dangerous industry ow, to ow, get. Ow. Yeah, he's like, uh, I thought it was just uh, decorating flowers and, and drying them out, but turns out really, really dangerous for the hands. That was one hell of a rose bush, that's to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> giant, giant rose bush. Um, so um, basically, it made it hard, but he went on to complete his apprenticeship building ships. Okay. And he um, went on to become a foreman in charge of the yard, which built... Hang on. He got he must have got sliced in half both ways if, if he ended up being four men. Oh, come on, Tom. You see how no one's laughing? Okay. <laughs> I, thought was good. I thought it was good. I thought it wasn't bad either. <laughs> um, and he went on to build the very ship that we are sitting on today. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Incredible. What, once again, uh, it was la- this ship was launched in 1864. Um, however... Uh, William Pyle died on the 5th of June, 1873, because uh, his bowels <laughs> suddenly contracting and expanding at a rapid rate. Right. So me making a joke about him having piles and being called William Pyle. Yeah. He, he li- actually died as a result of some sort of bowel contusion. Yep. And, and she- now I feel <laughs> terrible. I, he- don't, I don't feel that bad. I mean, that was standard. That was a standard death back then. Uh, if you make it to 49 in the 1800s, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you make it to 49 in the 1800s, they expect your, your, your bowel to explode at some point. They're like, <laughs> it's, it's bound to happen. That's it. So back to the ship he built. Uh, it's the, like I said, the oldest surviving clipper ship in the world. Yep. Um, only two survive. The other one's the Cutty Shark, uh, which is in yep. uh, South London. And the reason this has survived is because it was constantly used as something because yep. ships being continually used is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I've, so I've just learned, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> if you, I guess if you if you fall out of favour, they just go, all right, scrap it, use the iron for something else. That's if you it. you keep getting used or you keep having value, then it's like, you know, yeah. they keep you around. That's it. Um, yeah. And also in part because this thing is built like a brick It's so like the opposite <laughs> of what happened to Nick Xenophon, basically. <laughs> And also because this thing, we just had a look at how it's built. It's built like an absolute brick shit house. Yeah. Like there's yeah. nothing yeah. that's really going to break this. Basically, yeah. William Pyle, his thing was over-engineering ships yeah. and making them as strong as possible. But that's the thing. Though. That's, that's the thing that's amazing. Why is it how, Why is it taking so long um, to restore when he was able to build it himself, you know, single-handedly in such a short period of time? We didn't even have... Yeah, he had a single hand. Yeah, that's no, right. He didn't build it himself. He built it for the company. He oh, was you're saying for. he designed it. Other people actually he des- did. Yeah, he right, designed okay, it. Well, right. he was part well, of didn't, the building. Well, you didn't explain that. Well, no, I didn't... Okay. Uh, that would account. That would account for why it is. It's such a large vessel and so uh, diligently put together. And it couldn't possibly have been done by one person. So That's okay. Right. Now I understand. You right. would not. Fit so when you say he built it, you mean he was he oversaw its. That's production. right. He right. was the Got foreman. It. I understand now. Right. Okay. Just to clarify that. That's how <laughs> shipbuilding works. The ship spent twenty three years making annual runs to South Australia and so played one a year. You said it made twenty three runs. Yeah, annual runs for twenty three. I said one a year. Yeah. Okay. So what was it doing the rest of the year? So how long? How many days did it take to get from? Sorry, I got all these questions. I should have asked <laughs> these questions on the tour. But I'm um, just res- waiting hey, till now and asking you the question. The fastest it did was sixty five days. Is that correct, Peter? Sixty five days. Sixty five days. So, okay. that's so two months. Quick. Maybe let's say two to three months would be a standard journey. Yep. And they've got a map here. Uh, so obviously visitors can come and see the ship. Which and you should. If you're a South Australian, come yes, and see the ship. Yes, we'll have a link with some details mm. with the episode. But you can come and see the ship and there's a map here 
uh, as part of the tour that shows you uh, what an average voyage would look like, right? Th- that's and right. There's got a little marker to, to show, a little coffin marker to show every time there was a death <laughs> on board. That's true. And they used they they made that they gave a sample journey and they used the ship's log to put together the sample journey. Mm-hmm. And I noticed on the uh, <laughs> I noticed on the one of the markers in the ship's log was uh, fire on board. Not serious. <laughs> Just in brackets, not serious. So, so uh, well, obviously, and Peter made the point at the, at the time, the serious ones, you, there's no log to record the serious <laughs> yeah, ones because the ship just sinks, right? If there's a really serious one. But uh, yeah, a little marker for every every death aboard. And, that's it. Um, that's quite common. Generally, oh, mate. I'll get to the deaths. Oh, you'll get to the deaths? Okay. Yeah, oh, I'll All get right. to a couple of deaths. It wouldn't be an Adelow episode. It wouldn't be a, a, an episode looking at... Um, history if it, there wasn't a dead person yeah uh, I look or multiple dead children <laughs> that's exactly as part look, of the story I looked unfortunately. At, and I, I guess because that was so matter of fact of the 1800s and, and uh, living on a ship and this used to be well up to about 320 people they'd take on the journey um, yep. yep and Three, yep, 300 passengers, 300 passengers plus, plus crew. crew. Yeah. Um, so it's big, but it doesn't look that big. Like living here for yeah. a couple of months. With 300 people. Yeah. yeah. That'd be challenging. Getting pretty tight. Oh, yeah. It'd be like a mosh pit in here 24-7. <laughs> but um, I read Rise some of the... the you can read some of the diary entries online of people on the ship. And it, like I said, just people dying was so matter-of-fact of the 1800s, particularly in environments like yeah, this. Yeah. Like, you read the I mean, diaries... You've got people living on top of each other, and then you get to the end of the journey, and it's 295, <laughs> 290, 285, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, a, a standard diary entry goes like this. It's like... Feeling a bit ill? <laughs> oh, diary ends here for some reason. <laughs> oh, just that was the first day of the, uh, the voyage. <laughs> unfortunate. Um, standard diary entry is like... Weather's fine. We're traveling about six knot, six knots. Two two children died today. Then yeah. I played quoits on the deck and sang some songs with the crew. And yeah. that's like a standard thing. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. the dying of people was just a passing thing. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's, you know, uh, to be fair though, if you've spent you know, 65 days on a ship, 65 days plus on a ship with 300 people, when a couple of them die, you'd be like, oh, a bit more room. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, leg, the leg room's really opened up. It's like when someone on the flight moves away from you. It's like, ah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's nice. right. You, you think they've gone to the toilet, but then they just don't come back. <laughs> yeah. They go into the big toilet in the ocean. Yeah, that's right, the big toilet in the ocean. Yeah. Um, uh, look, plenty of interesting things about this fact. But one of the things I found the most interesting is that it's estimated, Tom, that a quarter of a million South Australians can trace their oranges, origins wow. back wow. to the passengers on the city of Adelaide. So if, uh, there's a good chance if you've got British heritage... That's amazing, because I can't even trace my electricity to origin. I try to call them. <laughs> I try to call them and they're like, no, no, sorry, we've got no record of your account, but we keep sending you bills. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Uh, interestingly, there were also... Um, many people died on the ship, but also there were some interesting people conceived on the ship. Oh. And... <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get down and dirty now, on the ship. This now, is the bit that's that, that I find a bit, or you know, obviously you can't go three months. Um, well, you can, you know, have some control, yeah. but you know, some people can't go three months without enjoying themselves. Speak for yourself. I'm married, um, <laughs> uh, and you've never enjoyed yourself, have you? Um, no, but some people can't go three months without enjoying themselves. Fair enough. But when you're on a ship with 300 other people in a cramped environment. When are you getting the chance to... And we saw like one of the, the first class the living first quarters. Cla- the first class bunks. The first class living quarters have, have, would have two bunks in them. Yeah, five and people in a two by two meter room. And you're thinking, well, I mean, nowadays, 
I saw I saw some ad the other day for Singapore Airlines have got like a first class suite now that they yep. offer, and it was probably it's probably about as much room in that as you'd get in a first class yep. uh, cabin. But you've on a ship like this, you'd have four people in that cabin mm. for three months. Whereas you know the, the the first class suite on a Singapore Airlines, you're on the flight for maybe eight hours or something, mm-hmm. and you, it's only one of you. And we see that as luxury, but back then that was like lu- like that was luxurious room living room for four people <laughs> for three months yeah it would have been rough well, yeah absolutely and, and you know and the in-flight entertainment like the the fold down <laughs> tv screens they were nowhere near as good as they are now yeah like a standard definition like standard definition i think it's like three movies yeah that's right yes three movies at max oh. uh, you're watching the same three movies for three months <laughs> it was like vhs cassettes so they had to swap in and out just <laughs> You know, Just a pain. old technology, outmoded. But one of the most interesting people conceived on this ship was a man called Alfred Sandover, who now, uh, his name still is... Right. <laughs> uh, who the West Western Australian Football League medal for the best and fairest is named after, was right. conceived on this ship. Right. There there you go. Go. He moved to Perth and became like a prominent businessman and right. became the patron of the medal for the uh, WAFL. Right. And was he ever a footballer himself? Or no, he, he from, from what I could tell, he wasn't. Was he? I don't think he was. No, I don't think he was from what I read. And he was the most famous person, person conceived con- on this ship. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> really impressive. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm sure, I'm sure plenty of great... You said there were some famous people conceived on the well, ship. Well, that, that's the one. If that, if that was the one. Okay. Yeah, that's the All one. Right, well, well, who do you think I was going to say? Good on him. I don't know. Someone <laughs> someone that's oh. actually famous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know that... Uh, <laughs> the guy from the $2 ad. <laughs> <laughs> just start, like, pointing to people of famous South Australians and just, you know... Oh, God. Suggesting that they were conceived on a... <laughs> on a, a three-month voyage from England. Uh, however, the city of Adelaide ended her sailing career in 1893. It did a brief stint of taking lumber between the UK and the US. Right. Uh, right. Then it uh, ended her sailing career in 1893, and the Clipper became a hospital ship off of Millbrook. Right. During one year of operation, 23 cases of scarlet fever were cared for, and a whole bunch of people died. Uh, the hospital Ooh. ship ceased in 1922. So okay. we're living. We're probably sitting where someone has very much died. Oh yeah, or been conceived. Better bring in the ghost hunter. <laughs> we're not allowed to say that anymore, are we? <laughs> we're not allowed to say the ghost hunter. Yes, yeah, so we did actually. Uh, what's the name of uh, Alan? Alan. Alan. He's a good guy. He shouts us out he's all a, the he's time. He's a great guy. Alan, the ghost hunter. Um, we did accuse him in a previous episode of being a psychic, which is an absolutely incorrect. And he sent us a message and said, I'm not a psychic. I use, I'm actually a skeptic and I try to disprove psychics. I try to give them the opportunity to, you know, using various methods. Mm-hmm. I try to, you know, challenge them and get them to. So apologies, Alan. We, we, we should never have accused you of being a psychic. But when he emailed me to say, <laughs> just just FYI, I'm not a psychic. I just emailed back and was like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I know you're not a psychic. There's no such thing as psychics. <laughs> But he meant I'd never claimed to be a psychic. So That's yeah, right. fair play to him. He is a skeptic. And he's a good guy and he does tours on here, I think. Or he, he does, does tours he does tours around the port and he things does like tours that. around the port and he's always he's given us plenty of shout outs at the moment. So oh mate, he's loving us. And I think we've got to go do an episode with him. I think we do. Be yeah. the best. So yeah, Alan, if you're listening, let's get on it, mate. Let's have some fun. Let's do it. Um in 1990, so we've skipped a bit of time here, it, it went on to do just sit around in docks and yep. things like that. Yep. Um basically um 
Uh, in March 1990, uh, someone bought the pound, uh, ship for one pound. It was one of those things. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Lend, lend to lease agreements. Yeah, yeah one yeah, of so those yeah. peppercorn. Buy for a pound, but if you break it, you've got to pay for the whole thing. That's yep. exactly so. right. And it was towed downstream to Princess Dock uh, in 1991 for reasons that have not been too clearly identified. Uh, the right. vessel sank. And we've seen some pictures oh, from... Oh, insurance job. <laughs> we've seen some pictures <laughs> from 1985. And yeah, the it looked ship good. looked absolutely banging. It looked good in 1985. That, that, that's when people had the money. That was when Thatcher was at the, at the height. <laughs> cash was flowing. Cash was flowing. 91, John Major's in. People are losing their shit. That's it. Recessions, recessions you know, on the horizon. People are thinking, oh, well, you know, bought it for a dollar. Insured it for a bit more. <laughs> Maybe put some... Uh, but from what we've been told and what we've been uh, told very much clearly, it wasn't an insurance job. Oh, no, no, I'm, sure I'm sure it wasn't. No, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was an accident. <laughs> it's been hit against... What was it? Hit against the dock? Caught under the Caught wharf. Caught under the wharf. Yeah, very... There we go. Seems plausible. So yeah. um, it was placed in a... Basically, they're like, well, how are we going to fix this? And basically, a few government departments and uh, Scottish enterprises had to step in Right. To salvage the ship uh, right. at an estimated cost at one point of six hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Right. Um, basically, and then they, no, the ship sorry, that's only worth at the time was only worth one pound. Basically, no. The a council said like we're going to deconstruct the ship for no. six hundred and fifty pounds. No, don't do that. Don't do that. So after this proposal was gazetted, a whole bunch of people, probably including yourself, Peter, wrote to uh, British Parliament and the Prime Minister, kind of saying, "Come on, guys, and like let's, Wait, that's how let's get this. This yep. is a really important part of South Australian history. Yep." Let's keep it. Um, let's get it back to South Australia. Basically, they wanted to get it back here for the 170 or the what was it, 175th Jubilee in 2001. Didn't Excellent. happen at that point, uh, but we did get it here um, because in 2009 a petition was launched to the British Prime Minister to save the city of Adelaide from becoming yep. deconstructed. Yep. Basically, um, because people in the UK, like in Sunderland and Scotland, were like, "Oh, we're going to put it out to tender for people to deconstruct it." Yep. Uh, the tender was awarded to uh, the C C S C O A L. So that's the uh, what's that Clipper Ship of the City? Clipper Ship of City of Adelaide Limited. That's a non-profit volunteer-run organisation who have done a great amount of work and job saving this thing and keeping it afloat. So good on you, Peter, and good on you to to all of it. Because get this, a Sunderland mob. Well, I was going to say uh, they put limited at the end of their of, of their name, but they have not been limited at all in terms of what they've achieved. It's been pretty <laughs> amazing, actually. Um, yeah, very impressive. Limited stuff. by name, not limited by yeah, nature. not limited by uh, by anybody else or anything else. So basically, it's like look, a decision was made in two thousand and one, uh, two thousand and ten. Sorry, yep. that the city of Adelaide would not be deconstructed and it would be sent to South Australia. Excellent. A Sunderland-based mob congratulated the Australian group, yep. but stated we're still going to campaign Ooh, to keep the ship in the UK. Oh, cheeky. So, Peter, could I get you up here for a second to talk in one of the microphones? Um, so, basically, you were part of the mob that helped um, bring this to South Australia. And initially, uh, tell us a story you were telling us down on the deck where you thought it was going to be taken to Chatham. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Just give that mic to Peter. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hand the mic over to Peter and Dan can ask the questions. All right. So you thought, sorry, we're putting you on the spot here a bit, mate. But um, so, so what happened with the, with the story that the Sunderland group thought they were going to... Sunderland still wanted to take legal steps to stop us having the ship removed from the UK. Yes. Despite the fact we had all the official approvals. Um, 
they were aware, however, that we needed to undertake a month of quarantine works. Mm -hmm. uh, they were under the misapprehension that we were going to undertake that work in Chatham. Um, and so they held off lodging legal proceedings. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time they realised that we had, in fact, moved the ship to Rotterdam, <laughs> um, they, uh, uh, they were too late to lodge legal proceedings because we, in fact, didn't take the ship to Chatham. Uh, we just kept on straight going down the Thames until we uh, um, were out of the English legal jurisdiction and uh, in the Netherlands. Win-win. Well done, mate. And you've done a great job as well. And get this, at one point... And they should have anticipated that, to be honest, because I wouldn't want to go to Chatham either. It's a <laughs> shithole. <laughs> uh, hey, I think they're going to take the chip to Chatham. Uh, I don't think they are. I don't <laughs> no think one wants are. to go to Chatham. <laughs> um, at one point, one of the guys from the Son Sunderland mob said he was going to, like, protest and stay on the ship like as a form of protest okay. so they couldn't take right. it away where is he um, where is he where is, uh, <laughs> where, is he still around is he still yeah he, he, he's one um, of the ghosts now and their argument was like oh in, in the um australian climate the ship won't last two years um but i'm having a look around ships looked absolutely fantastic it's looked as good as it ever looked it's four years now and the, the volunteer group are doing such a great yeah. job that they're, and a they're very interesting argument that in the australian climate the ship won't last two years but they let it sit underwater for two years <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't kicking up a fuss at that point but they're kicking up a fuss at the point when we want to bring the ship over here so. absolutely uh, and okay. the amount of work that's being put in is absolutely fantastic yeah um, incredible look, if you're a south aussie and and you've got british heritage or e even if you just love south australian history or port adelaide history get down come have a look at look at the ship completely volunteer run they do a fantastic job of maintaining it there's all this interesting stuff around um so yeah get down and, and see william Pyle's creation and keep in mind that a quarter of a was it a quarter of a million People. Yeah, South Australians uh, can, can trace, trace their, their heritage directly. Yep. So there's a good chance people listening that you have some ancestors that came over on this boat. And you, you can you fascinating. Can, you can find all the information on the uh, Clipper Ship website. That's uh, cityofadelaide.org.au. Yep. Uh, you can find the diary entries there. You can find a whole bunch of other amazing stuff. But the best thing to do is get down here. Bring, I'm going to bring the kids here. This is great. Yeah. Let it, let them run around. Yeah. Find all the little rats that they've got hidden around and things like yeah, that. Yeah, my, my little boy is currently obsessed with diggers and construction equipment. So I'll bring him down here, and he'll probably get obsessed with ships. Oh, you got a little become the next William Pyle. <laughs> become the next William. Yeah. But look, we have we have come forward in in uh, you know medical experience, you know uh, knowledge and expertise now. <laughs> look, they they're open daily with tours at ten a.m., twelve noon, and uh, two p.m. depending on the weather. Absolutely no need to book. So if you're ever in Ad Port Adelaide, just come down, see the Clipper ship. It's a beautiful ship. It's a beautiful ship. We thank Peter. We thank Emma for organising all of this for us. And uh, yeah, till next time, have a laugh, have a lol. It's that lol. Thank you. We hope you all had a lol, a dad a lol.